Hi, welcome to Hope with Jonathan. And on this channel, we will be discussing kidney disease, kidney dialysis, and kidney transplant. On this channel, we will also allow kidney patients to tell their incredible, amazing story, their personal journey with kidney disease, dialysis, and transplant. We will also advocate for them a living donor. Guys, I was about 30 minutes from death, ended up being stat flighted in a helicopter to a hospital where I ended up in the ICU and woke up on dialysis. They removed about 30 pounds of fluid. My potassium was a nine. They had to shock my heart and bring me back to life. Guys, if you wanna hear more stories about this, please stay tuned and stay with us. KidneySolutions.org, a network of transplant experience. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. KidneySolutions.org Kidney transplantation is an excellent option for patients with kidney disease who want to live a life free of dialysis. Kidney Solutions is facilitated by transplant professionals, recipients, and living donors who want to assist patients in finding a living kidney donor and help them and their families through the pre- and post-transplant process. You can contact Kidney Solutions at 830-285-2140. Again, kidneysolutions.org, a network of transplant experience. Welcome back to another episode with Hope with Jonathan. I really appreciate all the feedback and support for the podcast. Guys, tonight we have a very, very special guest. Maria Silva Cavazos is listed with K 
kidneysolutions.org. Maria is a mother to three daughters and a grandmother to 11 beautiful grandchildren. Maria is currently living with kidney failure and is in desperate need of a kidney donor. She is currently searching for that heroic living kidney donor to step forward. Please consider being her hero. You can start the testing process by going to her registered hospital's website. She is currently listed at San Antonio's Methodist Specialty and Transplant. Let me give you the phone number. Transplant Hospital phone number is 1-210-575-GIVE. And that's 4483. So 1-210-575-4483. And again, you can reach and get contact information from kidneysolutions.org. Hello, Maria. How are you? Fine, and you? I'm doing well. That's good. Thanks for uh, doing the episode with me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So, thank you. Oh well, I really appreciate you doing the interview. So, Maria, how are things going uh, with? Uh, how how are things going for you right now? Well, they're good. Uh, I'm in PD. You're currently on. I don't have any problems. Thank God. Oh, okay. And you're currently on uh, peritoneal dialysis right now, but and that's what you meant by saying you were on PD. Yes. So speaking of that, uh, why don't you give us a little history of your um, with battling kidney disease and uh, doing uh, peritoneal dialysis? Okay, well, actually, I don't remember when I started having problems with my kidneys, but back in 1975, when I had my my first daughter, I started having problems with high blood pressure. So ever since then, I've been taking high blood pressure medicines, and up to now, I have problems with uh, my kidneys, and they did a, a biopsy, and it came out that it was my heart blood pressure that was messing up my kidneys. Okay. So, I'm in, in TB at home, dialysis, mm-hmm. and thank God I don't have any problems. At the beginning... It was hard because uh, we had to go to some classes for a week. I think it was about 
uh, seven days that we had to go over there to Kalalan. And then I started my eighth day here at home. So it was something new. I didn't have my nurse with me, so it was scary. But thank God, uh, eventually with time, as the days went by, uh, we, we started mastering the how to do it. So we don't have any problems at the moment. Thank God. So you're on peritoneal dialysis, which is a home dialysis um, treatment that you're doing right now. Why don't you explain to the ones that are listening uh, what that entails and and describe uh, the process of uh, peritoneal dialysis? Okay, well, it's every day at home. Uh... And usually I start about 10.30 when I start uh, doing the process so I can be connected. And um, it takes about an hour to do all the things that you have to do because it's a lot of washing your hands and uh, preparing all the things which uh, I have in here, the bags, the solution bags, my husband is the one that takes care of that because they're heavy. And then uh, I have them here in my bedroom and I start uh, with a alkaline. That's the solution to disinfect mm-hmm. the, the bags and the heparin bottle and I put uh, some drops there and I wait for two minutes and then I go wash my hands again and I come back and I clean the, the drops of the of the alkaline and then um, I inject the heparin and it's because I'm, uh, I'm producing some uh, uh, what's the name of it? Fiber. And then, um, and then I start the procedure on the machine. I turn on the machine and I put the bags in the machine. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I go wash my hands again. And then I come back and then I have to connect my bags. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I go wash my hands again. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of washing your hands. Yes. You have to be very careful. Yes. So I go wash my hands again and then I come back and then I connect the bags. Okay. And after that, I have to wait uh I go wash my hands again. Mm-hmm. I start cleaning my patient line and preparing all the things that I need, which I have him here right next to me for my in my bedroom. Yes. And uh, after that, after I do the cleaning, you have to wait. Uh, 
you have to clean your patient line for one minute. Uh huh. And then after that, you have to uh, one of the scars. You have to do it like a taco. Uh -huh. That's how they explain to us. And wait for a few minutes, but then I have to go wash my hands again. And then I come back, and then I'm ready to connect. But it takes about 45 to 50 minutes, maybe an hour. And then um, after I connect, well, I I just I can't move because I'm here and I'm in my bedroom. Yeah, you're tied up. If I need something, I need to tell my husband to go get it. Because sometimes I do forget things in the in the kitchen or in the living room, and he's gonna he he's the one that brings them over here to my bedroom. Yeah, but it takes about close to an hour to be connected. Okay, and then both it's for treatments. It's seven hours that I'm connected. Wow. So it's at night. I know it's at night. So um, I go to bed, and then in the morning, well, I have that's this. Well, not the same procedure, but it's a uh, it's the same thing that I have to disconnect myself. But you have to get up, go to the restroom, wash your hands, come back, and then uh, uh, clean the patient line. Uh, see the readings on the machine because you have to write down some readings. After that, I go wash my hands again, and then I come back and then uh, I disconnect myself. Wow! But uh, yes, it's a lot of washing your hands. Uh huh. And Germix also, you have to use the Germix. So, so did they explain to you why you wash your hands so much while you're doing uh, peritoneal? Dialysis. You have to be very careful because it's uh, you can get an infection, mm -hmm. and after getting that infection, you're gonna have uh, problems with a with a patient line. Yes. And I know I do try to avoid all of that, so that's how come you have to be washing your hands. So. And after after I got after I had the classes uh -huh. and I started the dialysis here at home, uh -huh. uh, one of the times that I went or we went after, I don't know how many weeks after, uh, Margarita, my nurse, uh, told me. Okay. I know she advised me again uh -huh. that I need to wash my hands for two minutes. For two minutes, you have to clean your your hands, your wash your hands, your nails. Even on on the the nails, you have to wash your clean them. Yeah. And then you have to be very careful, very careful with that. Uh -huh. You have to be very clean. Sure. So, Maria, the reason why you're on peritoneal dialysis is because they diagnosed you with, uh, they're, they're saying that the reason why you went into kidney failure was because of your hypertension. Am I correct? Yes, correct. Okay. So you do not have uh, type 2 diabetes as well? 
Yes, but uh, the funny thing is that it's controlled. Yeah, yeah. We it's use controlled. I know. I don't inject myself at all. Uh huh. At all. It's always I know. A hundred and twenty, a hundred and the highest it would go like a hundred and seventy-two. Yeah. But I don't inject myself. I know. Do you take Nothing, a or, oral medication for it? No. 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 Just diet. Uh, well, yes, but I, I'm very picky on what I eat. Yeah. And then you cannot eat a lot of things. Right. That's another thing. I know they check your blood and they'll tell you it came out high or low. You need to eat more. You need to eat less. And yeah. And then you're also probably following the renal diet as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, as you know, is like, you know, a low phosphorus, low potassium diet. Uh, they want you to, you know, watch uh, anything with uh, phosphorus levels and uh, potassium levels. So, you know, you got to watch the dairy and uh, you have to watch cheese and you have to watch, you know, potato chips and, uh, you know, all the high potassium like uh, potatoes and uh, tomatoes and uh, you know, beans, things like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> all the good stuff, right? All the good stuff I cannot eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the top two factors uh, for kidney disease right now have been, uh, you know, hypertension and type 2 diabetes that it's not managed or controlled. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are yeah. those are uh, you know some factors that really play into kidney disease, and uh, really need to be managed. Um, if not, you you know you ultimately are at great risk uh, for going into renal failure. And um, yeah. for those of you listening, uh, you know we've been going through a pandemic currently with the uh, COVID nineteen. And uh, what has COVID-19, what, what, how has it uh, been, has it been an issue while you have been uh, on dialysis? I I mean, how have you dealt with uh, having renal failure and being on dialysis? How how has that uh, affected you with this COVID-19 pandemic? Well... The good thing is that I do the dialysis here at home, mm-hmm. but when I go out, I try to avoid not going out. Right. Because I'm very scared to get uh, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So I don't go out. I'm here at home. The only time that I go out is when I have a doctor's appointment. And I have to go see the doctor, which I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. Or when I have to go to Davina, they yeah. have to they have to draw blood. Yeah. And uh, those are the times that I go out, but I try not to go out. I'm very scared. Yeah. Uh, I try to be very careful. I know nobody comes into my house. Only my nurse and uh, 
my our kids we don't see them anymore oh i know it's it's yes it's it's hard my grandkids i don't see them anymore also yeah we're trying to avoid all of that yeah so we don't we don't uh, you know, unfortunately, because, you know, you're on dialysis and you have a need to have to see, you know, doctors, uh, you know, that those are a must. But, you know, the good thing about that is most of those places are practicing, uh, you know, safe uh, handling of patients. They're following the COVID protocol where they're wearing a mask and uh, they try to be as sterile as possible. Most of those places are are relatively, you know... Uh, for the most part, you know, I wouldn't say completely safe, but you, you, you feel a little more safer than, say, going to like Walmart or uh, to the grocery store, um, you know, which is another place that you can't, uh, can't uh, you know, stay away from too long because you got to have food, right? Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. Or you have to go get some medicines. Yep. So, and I'm sure, I'm sure you wear a mask everywhere that you go as well as I do. Everywhere. Yes. I actually encourage uh, my family members, as many people as I can to, you know, uh, be, be mindful of COVID and wear your mask. Yes. Mask and sometimes I, well, actually when we go to the grocery store, whenever I get down, I use gloves also. Plastic gloves. Yeah. And I use a lot of hand sanitizer. I have it in the car. I have it here at the house. Uh, My wife has it in her purse. I mean, any given time I need it, I can get it. And um, so, well, let me ask you this. Now, just recent in the news, they've been talking about a COVID vaccine. And, uh, you know, we don't know a whole lot of data on it right now. But uh, as far as what they're saying, it's looking like it's going to be out pretty soon and available, uh, you know, pretty soon to uh, patients, uh, you know, once everybody, once it goes through, you know, all the frontline uh, heroes, uh, you know, nurses, uh, doctors, people like that. But once it gets to us and it's readily available to you, uh, what would you say if your team told you that you could get the COVID vaccine? Well... I would have it. Yes. I think it's it's safe to have to have that vaccine, mm-hmm. and it's it's healthy. You're trying to avoid the COVID. Yeah. So I I think that I would do it because uh, I asked my doctor already, and the doctor told me as soon as it's approved, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm right there with you, uh, Maria. Uh, if my if my team, if my uh, transplant team gives me the okay, and they say, "Yeah, Jonathan, it's it's safe," you know, I'll be the I'll be the first one in line, and I'll I'll be ready to get it. Uh, because you know, I want I want to do anything I can to prevent getting COVID and spreading it around, and uh, you know, definitely uh, with the uh, compromised immune systems. Uh, you definitely don't want to get COVID. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's very hard. You already have one death in the family. Oh, wow. I am so sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. On that note, why don't we go back to your peritoneal dialysis. So, 
do you have a do you have a room that you store all your supplies in or you know uh, let's talk about you know supplies and uh and delivery okay well today i had a delivery oh okay and it's 30 boxes wow 30 and boxes uh, yes 30 boxes and then um and other supplies also i know gauze and and uh what else the the X, uh, the liquid that you have to use to clean your patient line. Okay. And uh, so there's other supplies that I get, and, and today was one of them. And your dialysate boxes? Excuse me? Your dialysate boxes as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, if that room is packed with supplies. Okay. I know you. Thank God that, in a way, our kids don't stay here. Uh huh. Because I don't know where I would put all those boxes. <laughs> right. And and Maria, you've talked about um, you're, you've mentioned your husband and you have children. Um, so, how long have you been married, and how many children do you have? Well. Uh, the thing is that I was divorced, oh, okay. and my husband was a widow. Oh, okay. So he has two kids, okay. boy and a girl. Oh, okay. And then I have three girls, so they're five in total. Oh wow! But they're all married already. Uh, okay. So they have their own house, and and they don't they don't live here in in Hebron from where where we live. Okay. So that's how come we have space in those bedrooms. Yeah. Uh, to put all the supplies. But that room, like I tell you, today was a delivery day. Uh huh. And it's packed. Right. Yeah, they yeah, it fills packed. up quick. I remember my first. Uh, I did home hemo, uh, which is completely different than peritoneal, but. Uh, same, you know, same deal. Trying to get your blood uh, clean from all the toxins and impurities, and uh, pull the fluid off of you. Um, but anyway, I remember on Home Hemo, they they delivered my first delivery. Uh, like I had told you before, seventy-two boxes was the first delivery, and um, wow. it was a lot of boxes. And then uh, every two weeks, they would drop off about another thirty or so. So, yeah, I remember. I remember all too well. I had boxes everywhere. And uh yeah. Yes. But um the one thing that it did do was it free gave me some freedom uh you know from the schedule of going in center and uh it kept me away from other patients that possibly you know were getting the flu or getting covid uh, kept me safe from that. And um that's that's the main thing is I could do dialysis on my time uh versus you know having to be stuck on a schedule. Yes, I know because if you have to go to the Davida, well, you have to go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's kind of hectic. I know driving over there, the gas. I know the time consuming. Yeah. If you have to eat over there, yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. I felt that it was easier this other, the other way. I know here at home, and it is. 
because I don't go out, especially right now with this COVID. I know I try to prevent going out, so right. it helps. So, Maria, you'd mentioned that your children had gotten married. Uh, how many grandchildren do you have? We have 11 in total. Oh, wow. 11. 11. So I, I yeah. bet I bet you really enjoy them and enjoy your time with them. Yeah, I know. Now I miss them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because we're trying to stay safe with COVID, so you haven't been able to spend much time. But do you do like a, maybe like a video chats or anything like that with them? Yes, FaceTime. FaceTime. That's what I do. Okay. Okay. That's an, that's a great uh, way to be able to communicate while, uh, you know, being, you know, basically uh, locked down and staying safe, you know, from COVID. So that's a great way to be yeah, able to communicate with people. Thank God for technology. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So, Maria, if you don't mind me asking, uh, how how old are you? I'm 65, almost 66. On December the 24th, I'll be 66. All right. Well, happy happy early birthday to you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And you get you, you get you get Christmas right there around the corner too, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so you get double double gifts, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, my husband and myself don't get gifts anymore because okay. I tell them that we don't need anything. Okay. The, the what we need is help. <laughs> yeah. So that will come. I know we do it like that. Sometimes we do buy some things for us but yeah it's very rare well that's a gift all in itself your health is your gift uh you know in life and a lot of people don't see it that way but i i i surely do after battling kidney disease and having a a near-death experience with it and you know i i definitely look at life a lot differently now and you know your health is a gift so if that's the way you want to look at it i i definitely can see that Yes, that's how we see it. And then if we buy more things, it's more stuff inside the house, so we don't want that. So where are you currently uh, listed at? Where am I listed? Yes. For the kidney transplant mm-hmm. in Methodist Hospital in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, Methodist Specialty and Transplant? Yes. Okay. And how long have you been listed there? Uh, I think it's almost five years, so next year. It's four years that that I've been the list. Okay. Okay. Going on five. So, now that we've established that, Let's talk a little bit about KidneySolutions.org. Well, Kirk and Amanda were the ones that helped me out. And uh, Amanda, one time that I had a doctor's appointment in San Antonio with Dr. Wong, uh, she went there to the doctor's office. 
and she took some pictures of me and then she did a, a, an interview also and I mean uh, Facebook and Kidney Solutions. Uh-huh. It's it's been about a year and a half that she did that. And what and so basically it was an interview talking about uh, your experience with kidney disease? Yes, talking about the kidney and uh, the reason that I'm I'm right now at with a kidney failure and uh, well I've also talked about because I've had donors but the thing is that I don't know what happened especially to one of them that she was very positive she wanted to give me her kidney and uh, she was going to go be checked at Methodist Hospital, and she was gonna call me. She never called me back, but I think that I think that she did go, but maybe something out came out bad or something, and uh, I don't know why she never told me anything. She didn't call me, but I had it on her. It was. It was like if I was in heaven because it was three months that I I looked forward because I think that she was going to give me her kidney. And I tell you, she was very positive that she was going to give me her kidney. But eventually with time, it didn't happen. So that's how come I'm again looking for a kidney. So, Maria, sometimes that happens where someone will test uh, or come forward to want to be your donor, and then what happens is they either uh, find out that something medically was wrong with them as well um, through the, you know, because the testing that they do is is pretty uh, in-depth, right? And so they, they, they really try to determine, uh, you know, a lot of different factors, uh, and, and they just don't want to, like... They don't want to put the patient that's going to donate a kidney at risk, uh, you know, for their health as well. So what they want to do is they they put them through some testing. And uh, if it comes back, you know, that they have some sort of health issue that won't be safe for them to be a donor, then they'll they'll remove them from the list. Um, Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to this lady. Mm -hmm. She was a young girl. I know, because... Like I tell you, she was very positive, and she was gonna be go uh, go check, be checked, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. I know, like they don't tell you anything, but I think that she did go, and something came out yeah. wrong, or she didn't qualify. So when that happens, you know, it does. It is a. Uh, you know disheartening and uh it, it can uh you know put you in in a in a in a mood that you know you feel really you know kind of down and depressed but the way you have to kind of look at it is and and I even experienced this as well I mean I had I had a girl back out on me that just never contacted again after she came forth and said that she wanted to be my donor but you know she backed out on me and 
it was hurt you know it was hurtful and my my feelings were kind of hurt at first but you know i had to realize that god has a a person for me and uh the right kidney and uh, i had to you know push it aside and just you know continue to have hope and and believe that you know the right person and at the right time that you know it was going to happen and that's that's kind of the mindset that you you know kind of have is is you know to believe that it, it's going to happen at the right time uh and you'll receive the right you know kidney donor uh at you know in god's timing yes i know that god has something something special some body that I mean, that person is going to donate the kidney that I need so badly. Yes. So, Maria, let's talk a little bit about Kent Bressler. How did you meet Kent Bressler? Uh, how did I meet him? I think he called me. Okay. Because, uh, because Dr. Wong was the one that mentioned him. Okay. And then uh, when, uh, that I was going to receive a call from Kent or Amanda. And Kent was the one that called me. And that's how come I met him. My phone only, if I haven't met him personally, Amanda is the one that I, I did uh, meet. Yeah. But I... I I talked to Kent on on the phone whenever I I need to talk to him or something or he needs to talk to me. Yeah. So Kent Bressler is with kidneysolutions.org and Maria is currently listed uh, on their website and you guys can uh, take a look at their website. It's kidneysolutions.org and uh, Kent Bressler is the uh, CEO of uh, Kidney Solutions, and uh, he will be the uh, point of contact uh, for Maria. Uh, you can definitely contact kidneysolutions.org and speak with Kent Bressler uh, regarding um, Maria and her uh, story. Maria, I really, really appreciate you coming on and doing the interview. You've been uh, a delight to uh, talk to. Uh, is there any... Thank you. Is there... Uh, what 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 was your blood type as well? I'd like to have that on here. A, A. Okay, okay. So blood type A, which means that a blood type A can receive an A or an O neck uh, O kidney. So uh, that's that gives you some options there. And then also, uh, you know, there's the paired exchange program uh, where uh, a donor can come in, and if they're not a exact match to uh, Maria. Uh, what can happen is is they can actually donate their kidney and then in exchange for their uh, incompatible kidney, uh, Maria would get a kidney from someone else. Uh, but that person that would, would originally donate would actually donate the kidney to someone else, but because in doing so, Maria would end up receiving a kidney from that. And they call it the Paired Exchange or AKA Swap Program. There's lots of information online. Uh, the National Kidney Foundation on their website has a, a great write-up on it, a great article. If you Google search paired exchange or swap program for kidneys, you will find uh, many different articles online about it. And uh, if you're interested in stepping forth to be uh, Maria's donor, definitely uh, research out 
the benefits of being a living donor. Um, you you don't know the the way that you would change someone's life uh, by stepping forward. And also, um, there's uh, lots of information on, on the websites uh, online about uh, being a living donor. Uh, you can you can live a normal, perfect life with one kidney, and you will be uh, you know just fine. You you can uh, your body can function. Uh, with one kidney and um, you, you can live a, a like I said a, a perfectly normal life with one kidney and uh, that's you know that's what I'm doing right now as a, as a transplant patient is I'm actually living uh, with one kidney and um, so a lot of people have a lot of fears about stepping forth because you know there's a lot of misconception about uh, you know transplant and uh, being a donor but uh, you know, you can definitely research it out. Uh, definitely look at some websites online uh, about you know being a living donor. Uh, also, like I said, check out uh, Parrot Exchange, and uh, you can you can look up Maria and her bio is on kidneysolutions.org. And again, the point of contact is Kent Bressler. Maria, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, sharing your story. And um, I, I want to get it out there and let people, you know, take a listen. And I, I'm really praying and believing and hoping for someone to, uh, you know, step forth and become your living donor. If there, if you had, uh, in, in closing, if you had anything at all that you would like to uh, say here at the end uh, to a potential uh, donor, uh, what would you like to say? Well, first of all, thank you very much, Jonathan, Jim to interview me and I would say to that person to think about the gift of life that you're gonna give that person that gift that's love in first place because you you have to love life and that person is going to give you a gift that I know no money in this world will buy a kidney. To think about that. It's going to help me out with the kidney that I need so badly. And it's going to help me out with being a normal life, having a normal life. And I would tell him that to that person, well, God bless you and thank you very much. Well, Maria, that is beautiful. And I really appreciate you sharing with us. Um, your story is, is definitely, um, an, an inspiring one and anyone that is on uh, home home hemo or even just uh, in center dialysis is uh, uh, or peritoneal dialysis you know it's not for the faint of heart it's not an easy road and uh, dialysis is uh, you know it's it's not easy uh, it can be tough no, it's not. and um, I've, I've been there and uh, and I totally understand uh, you know I've experienced all kind of different issues uh, with my a fistula and uh, you know with my port uh, that I had in my chest my catheter and I had issues you know with my blood pressure dropping and 
uh, you know, it just seemed like treatment to treatment. I never knew exactly what was going to happen, but, uh, you know, I, God, God carried me through it and, um, I eventually ended up getting a transplant. So there, there is hope out there, Maria. And I wanted to leave you with that. And, uh, like I said, we're going to continue to pray and, uh, believe for you and, uh, continue to share and advocate, uh, for you, a living kidney donor, um, Again, for those of you that are listening, you can find out information on Maria on kidneysolutions.org. Kent Bressler will be your point of contact. Maria is listed at Methodist Specialty and Transplant. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Methodist Specialty and Transplant. That's actually where I received my kidney. I had my kidney transplant there in August of August 11th of 2020 and it was an amazing experience and uh, they have a great team there and a great staff there and I really enjoy their uh, their hospital and their and the doctors there yeah they're very special yeah they are well again guys I appreciate everybody tuning in to hope with Jonathan podcast and um, I appreciate all the feedback love and support And uh, we're going to continue to uh, share for Maria. And uh, you guys take care, stay safe, and get your kidneys checked out. And God bless. God bless you too. And uh, thank you very much, Jonathan. You're very welcome, Maria. Have a blessed day. Likewise. Thanks again for tuning in tonight with our podcast, Hope with Jonathan. Really appreciate all the support and feedback. Appreciate our special guest, Maria Cavazos from San Antonio, Texas. Really appreciate uh, her inspiring, encouraging story. I really hope that this podcast will find someone out there that would be willing to be her living kidney donor hero again guys if if you're wanting to inquire about any information about maria and her story you can definitely reach out to kidneysolutions.org point of contact will be kent bressler again guys that's kidneysolutions.org And again, I appreciate all the love and support. Guys, stay safe out there. Get your kidneys checked out. And remember to consider to be a living organ donor. Take care and God bless. We'll see you on the next episode.